Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Small Town Nerdcast. I'm your host, Bryfy the Comics Guy, and this week have a whole hell of a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, it's gearing up for the Christmas vacation time, so kids are going to be running around. You've probably got tons of family to visit, and I figured let's give you some talking points, you know, while Aunt Rosie and Uncle Mike are busy telling you how they found God or something. I don't know, like whatever family does. That's what my family does. <laughs> you can tell them like the crazy stuff you've been hearing about over at DC for a while. And so that's what I'm here for. And some of it ties into some, I won't say small town drama, because this definitely has to do with big city stuff, but it's some, it's some drama, man. And there hasn't been a lot of it here in the small town. Actually, there has been some, but it's nothing like crazy, so don't don't worry too much about it. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some nifty nerd news, and we'll talk about things that I've been up to. Actually, that's the first thing we're going to talk about because, or no, no, we'll save the review stuff for later. So I have been reading some comic books. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about that story. So we have Spider Man. We could talk about Spider Man. Or more, actually, you know what, I, I really want to talk about it because I just watched it, is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'll save Spider-Man for next week, but, um, <laughs> so, sorry, freaking out here. Anyways, let's just, let's get into the show. <laughs> All right, guys, up first is the Nifty Nerd News, and we have quite a doozy for you guys. Uh, so first, let's talk Let's talk Avatar, because why not? The new Avatar should be out by now, if I'm not mistaken, or coming out very soon. I have no interest in watching it. Not that I didn't like the first one, but visually, I like, I like Avatar visually, but that's about as far as it goes for me. I don't really have too big of an interest, because... I don't, I'm not really attached to those characters at all. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I really don't give a fuck. But I will say, it from what I have heard from a lot of the reviews and things coming out, this new movie, the second one, looks stunning. It is fantastic and will blow your mind visually. Can't tell you story-wise because no one seems to be talking about the story. All they talk about is the visuals. However, however, James Cameron did come out to talk about how um, he plans in the story to open uh, Natiri's eyes to life on Earth in Avatar 5. That's right. James Cameron is, uh, or no, not James Cameron, uh, John Landau is actually who it is. I'm sorry, I miss... Uh, Read that there. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, John Landau, who I actually am not 100% sure how he's tied to this movie. Um, oh, he's a producer. Okay, there we go. So, I don't give a shit anymore. No. <laughs> but this producer says, hey, man, we got, I think they even have plans for like a sixth and seventh movie, or that was like the rumor that I heard floating around. But so, movie one. 
uh, what's his name, Sam or whatever. Actually, is that his name? I don't remember what his name is. Human comes to their world, learns their ways, becomes one of them. Movie two, still fighting humans. Movie three, probably still fighting humans. Movie four, most likely still fighting humans, but now like we should take the fight to the humans. And then movie five is when I guess Natiri goes to see the humans and is like, oh, this is, you guys are shit. <laughs> I don't know. I found it interesting though that like there are like, dude, movie two is just hit water and they're already talking about movie five. You don't even know if three and four are going to do as well as you think they are. Like, that's the thing. And I'm, I'm sure the second movie is going to do very well. But eventually, people are going to taper off. Of course, that's what they've been saying for superhero movies for so long. And we showed out for Black Panther. So I'm, I'm just saying. Anyway, um, let's see. What else did I have here on my nifty nerd news? Oh, two things. Well, we have like three more things. But... Um, Netflix has got a live-action My Hero Academia movie in the works. And from everything that I know of Netflix and live uh, adaptions of anime properties, it's probably going to be god-awful. There's supposed to be a One Piece live-action as well. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I am now a fan of One Piece because of my wife. She has uh, spoon-fed me episodes where we've... Uh, she's watched all the way from the first episode and has now caught up to the series. And I've watched episodes here and there along the way. And we've watched movies. We've gone to theater to watch movies. And uh, yes, some of them are very emotional and have brought me to tears. So I, I consider myself a casual fan of One Piece now. But it's just, it's so tough because Netflix sucks. When it comes to live actions, and I, I don't, like, I love My Hero. Like, I, I have enjoyed watching the show. I super love reading the manga. And so I am very skeptical, skeptical, very concerned, and in fact worried. It's like when Netflix announces that they have a show that they plan for live action, it feels like they've just kidnapped someone in an hour and are now holding a ransom. And it's terrifying. I believe for every like horrible thing that Netflix puts out, we should be able to reduce the price of Netflix, you know, because they keep increasing it because of the shows that do well. But I think on the shows that bomb, we should be able to get some of our money back. That, that's just me. <laughs> the real big thing, though, that I wanted to talk about in some nifty nerd news stuff, because I just found it oh so friggin' hilarious is there is a group of parents that are now suing Fortnite because they claim that it was designed to be addictive for kids and that their kids will not eat, their kids will not shower, their kids will not listen, and all they want to do is play Fortnite. Which I understand because I too was a kid who played video games. I loved playing Halo. I loved playing Call of Duty. And me and my friends would spend hours playing together. And I would like, actually, no, I would eat. Like that. Like if anyone say, "Hey, Brian, food's ready." Yeah, I'm gonna go fucking eat. But I'd probably try to bring it back to the game. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to pee and stuff, and I would shower because like. I'm not a trash human being. I, I, don't, I don't think it's so much 
like Fortnite being addictive because all video games are designed to have their player base want to play them and want to be a part of it. I mean, I've been playing The Division for God knows how long since the game came out, like four years. The game came out before COVID, and I play it religiously still. And But you know what I do also? I shower. I eat. I take care of my family. I do other things. I mean, I'm an adult now, but like I was raised to like know better. Maybe it's these parents and their horrible parenting skills that are the reason why their children won't shower or eat. They act like there's not breakers to the house that can turn off the power. Like, I'm sorry, but at some point you got to hit your kids. No. <laughs> Like, if your kids aren't listening to you and your kids aren't, like, doing the thing that you need them to do, hit them. No. (laughs) Yell at them. (laughs) Maim them. No. Like, turn off the game. You could destroy the game. Just break their system. You could buy another. It's $600 at most, unless they got, like, a crazy gaming PC. And, yeah, maybe you're spending a couple grand. Or, well, I say a couple grand. That's crazy. Maybe, like, $1,000 on it. But, my God, man. Like, I don't know. My, like, I, 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 there's, I can't even think how that's fathomable. Like, my son who, if you guys know, is autistic, loves playing games. In fact, one of his favorite games right now is playing Kingdom Hearts because he saw Casey playing. Now he wants to play. And he'll get that way where he's like, no, I don't like, I don't want to stop. I want to keep playing. Or like we try to tell him like, hey, you have to let mom play for a while. And he's like, no, my turn, my turn. And we get on to him. We tell him like, hey, you can't play anymore. Like we will turn it off. And then he kind of learns like, well, if I, I don't want the game to be off, so I will let mama play so the game can still be on. Like my son, who is a very smart kid, but I guess, you know, is on the spectrum, is smarter than some of these kids in Fortnite. Who I mean, some may be on the spectrum, too. I don't know. I, don't, I Like, I'm not trying to assume the kids or anything like that. But I don't think it's just like it's base. My son is more capable than these kids is because. I work with him and I talk with him and I've explained to him how things work with video games and us and like the family dynamic. And so he has an understanding like he can play, but he cannot consume like addictively play. Like there is a limit to what he's allowed to do on the game. And I think maybe at some point these parents need to step in and hit their kids. No, (laughs) until like have an honest conversation or just turn the thing off. Like I said, there are breakers to houses. Even trailer homes have breakers in them. Turn off the power. That's it. Put a lock on them. they, They sell breaker locks. So you can get a lock for a breaker so your kid can't turn that breaker back on. It's easy as that. Parenting tips from Small Town Nerdcast. I just thought it was crazy, man. Like they're literally trying to sue Epic Games for for making. It's like I don't like Fortnite, but they've made an incredibly addictive and successful video game. That like that that is the dream. That's what all games try to do, and they've done it enough so where parents are trying to punish them for it. And I mean, games like this, loot box games and stuff like that, are always going to come under fire because they're going to make some parent angry, either financially or because their kids aren't eating or showering, but whatever. Like I said, there are ways 
to get around this where these are not issues. Kids, I mean parents, who are acting like kids. Anyway, (laughs) the big, huge, insurmountable news, nifty nerd news of the week, though, comes out of DC Comics, or, well, DC Entertainment for all their movies. Um, If you guys remember... I don't even remember if I've talked about this, but if you guys follow comic book news and stuff like that, you may have heard that James Gunn is now going to be um, the... He's going to be the Kevin Feige of the DC Universe. He is now helming the DC Entertainment side of things, and it is his job to make them Marvel. (laughs) Make mine Marvel to DC. Like, that is his job. But from that, there have been tons of things coming out about it, kind of like a a natural disaster of shows that are getting canceled and changed and rewritten, all for Gunn's better future, which, to be fair, I really like his Guardians of the Galaxy. I am a fan of the Suicide Squads, even though I understand their fallings. Like, they're not perfect movies, but they are still fun. I still enjoy them, and I very much enjoy his Guardians of the Galaxy. So I have a bit of, like, I'm okay with James Gunn, and I, I think I'm okay with his vision for the future of DC. And, like, I'm I'm not too worried. Like, what's the worst he can do? Because things have honestly not been great recently. And, I mean, it's not that there are bad movies. It's just, I think, continuity-wise and tying them together like a Marvel movie, a Marvel Studios does, hasn't been there for the DC Universe. And then who knows why? I mean, maybe it's because they can't convince actors to sign on for 10-plus movies, which... In all honesty, is very hard to do. And the fact that Marvel has done that is because they've thrown an insurmountable mass of money at these actors to do that. And now they're killing them off because they realize, oh, God, we can't pay you guys this much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so some of the big news that comes out of finding James Gunn and his new direction for DC Comics is, one, it appears that the Batman 2 with... Um, uh, Robert Pattinson, sorry, blanked on his name, is in no danger. Like, that's still going forward. In fact, they're confident that Robert Pattinson is still going to be the Batman going into the future. Now, whether that's still going to tie into, whether that's going to tie into Gunn's new DC universe or stay separate entity from what they're doing in the DC universe is, you know, still up in the air, but it seems going forward, Robert Pattinson will still be your current Batman, which I enjoy. Like, I like his version of Bruce Wayne and the Batman, so I'm all game for that. Then you have the um, the sad news, and that is that Henry Cavill will no longer be Superman going forward. In fact, he's not a part of Gunn's vision uh, what is what I've read from one headline in a news article that they want to go um, a younger Clark Kent and maybe explore some of the stuff there, which I think is fun. I think that'd be kind of cool. And I don't know what they mean by younger. Do they mean like kid young? Do they mean teenager young? Do they mean just younger than what Henry Cavill is young? Like, 
where what what is your play here? That's what I want to understand. Maybe they're going to do kind of like if they go with the Robert Pattinson look. I mean, I know he's not super young, but they kind of played off like his year one type stuff or year two type stuff. So maybe an earlier version of Superman becoming Superman and how that ties in and then maybe these two meeting and like who knows maybe that's what they're planning on doing but it kind of sucks because i really enjoy henry I, I, I can't believe i've gotten here because i used to hate him but i really actually enjoy henry cavill superman now especially since the justice league movie where they kind of made him have a little more humor to him and a little more like supermanish mannerisms to him i actually enjoy that and henry cavill loves the character henry cavill loves nerd stuff henry cavill is probably the best person to ever be a part of any type of comic book movie or the witcher and they're both getting rid of him (laughs) which i don't understand um the other big thing which has become even bigger news is the story of the wonder woman 3 movie which has no long is no longer being made uh from DC are no no longer being made with um Patty Jenkins. Like her version of a Wonder Woman 3 is not going to be made and things have been going kind of back and forth between her and the company which has been very interesting and kind of sad at the same time. Um cuz you have one side saying, "Well, like they don't want me anymore." And the other side was, "Well, we were trying to like work with you but you didn't want to change for what we wanted things to change to and then it was like well you were forcing me to do things i didn't want to do and like a he said she said type scenario but based on like the arguing between the two from one being said like like you guys don't want to play ball with me and the other one saying well you don't want to share your ball with us like that kind of stuff it it honestly seems like James Gunn and crew and company have a certain vision and how they want the big three to tie into each other and how they want their stories to go, which is difficult now because you have established characters and established actors playing those characters and established directors directing those. And I think now Patty Jenkins is writing them, which I think she wrote the second movie, which in all honesty was not that great. I I still enjoyed wonder woman and i still thought wonder woman of the big three had the better well i don't know not after robert pattinson's movies but wonder woman had i I liked wonder woman movies more than i liked superman movies at the time but i understand wonder woman 84 not that great and maybe they're concerned that the next one gonna be equally not as great um i don't know but I, i think honestly they have a, a vision. They said, hey, this is what we're trying to do with the character. This is the direction we want to go with the character. And Patty Jenkins was probably like, well, that's not how my movie want, is planning on going. And my character arc for the character is going. Which, understandable. You know, she was building her own story arc with Wonder Woman. And DC was letting her, like, letting them do what they wanted to do with the character and now all of a sudden they don't want to do that so i get it it's like you were a free-range chicken and now you're being forced into a coop and you don't want that and i don't i don't know why i use chicken as my analogy but you know it just went with free range or like you're a wild stallion and now they're trying to break you 
and make you a, a farm horse. I don't, I don't know. These are, I don't, it's, I live in a small town. This is why I make these type of analogies, people. But I get it. I get the anger. I get why they can't come to an agreement. It's sad, though, because I really like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. In fact, she's probably, other than Robert Pattinson's Batman, I think Gal Gadot has been my other... And, and I mean, I like Henry Cavill, too. But I think from the get-go, I liked uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. And so, kind of sucks that that's not going to happen going forward. I mean, I guess you got Shazam still. That's, Shazam's fun, and I enjoyed that. I haven't seen the second movie, though. I don't know how Black Bolt did. I mean, some people loved it. Some people hated it. A friend from work said that he just didn't get it, but he liked The Rock and so enjoyed that part of it. But, like, no clue. (laughs) Which was great because I appreciate it. Not that he didn't have a clue, but he was just kind of like, I I mean, I don't get what his deal is, but I guess he's, like, not a good, good guy. And he's like Shazam, kind of. And... I was like, yeah, in all honesty, I don't really know much about the character either, but I like The Rock, and that's going to make me watch it anyway, <laughs> which I haven't watched anyway, so maybe I need to get on that. But yeah, that's what's been going on on DC, and it's been a big shakedown, man, so it'll be interesting to see where that all leads to and where that goes to. But that is it for the Nifty Nerd News and a little bit of drama. Let's move on to what I've been consuming for the week. So I'm not sure why I paused there. I guess I got into the habit of my old show where I would have like different sections for things I talked about. And I guess that's what we're doing now because it just seemed to flow that way. Sorry, but... It's like as much as things change, the more they stay the same. That's a, such a true statement. Anyway, other than playing Pokemon Violet for like ever, I did finally get out of the house and go do something different for a change. I went to go watch Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And I absolutely loved it. <laughs> um, which is no surprise. I, I think everyone here kind of knew. One, I was excited for it. And two... It was going to be pretty damn awesome. I mean, we've heard the news reports that they're trying to push for it to get awards and stuff like that. And I think this this one definitely has a chance. And not just for like costume design stuff. There's some really great acting in this. There is going to be some spoilers in this episode. So if you do not want to hear any spoilers for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, you can go. I mean, I've been talking for 20 minutes now. That's pretty much everything that I had to say. (laughs) But if you're here for uh, spoilers or if you're here to see what I thought about the movie and if it matches up with your thoughts, let's get into it. So, of course, with the Black Panther, we all know the passing of Chadwick Boseman is really sad. And I mean, I've cried about it so many times and I've been watching videos on YouTube of him like surprising fans and just talking and interviews and just being sad about the whole thing (laughs) me and so i i was curious what they were going to do going into this movie and how they were going to handle chadwick boseman's death and how that was going to correlate to t'challa in the marvel universe and they pretty much made t'challa exactly 
Chadwick Boseman. And it was, it could have been really bad and really cheesy, but it really wasn't. Um, immediately, it, the scene opens up to uh, his sister Shuri trying to find a cure because he is deathly ill and sick. And we don't see him at all. Like, there is only made reference to him. They don't show the only image that they do show of him is what in like the opening credits like where they show the marvel logo and they pay uh, homage to him and black panther and other movies and i think there was there's of course the painting which we've seen in the trailer of like like the not graffiti i mean it was graffiti but it was like a beautiful graffiti artwork of his face and i think there was one other thing in the movie where you kind of get a flashback um to him uh, from Shuri's perspective which was nice and so like it's not they don't crazy CGI him to bring him back for anything so do not expect that and but immediately um it opens up with T'Challa dying and they you find out that he was sick he didn't want to tell anyone he just wanted people to live their life and enjoy what he could to the fullest much like Chadwick Boseman did and how he why he kept his illness a secret in real life and so it it very much mirrored what happened in real life uh with T'Challa in the movie and it was it was upsetting to me (laughs) and um so that plays off and you you have to deal um what is her name? Uh, Angela Bassett, the uh, his mother, I can't remember her name. The Queen is dealing with loss and the struggle of that loss and the meaning of that loss and just like and Shuri uh, as well. Like she lost not only her brother but her best friend and and it's them grieving in different ways because Shuri, being one of science and things like that has different levels of grief and is processing them differently and the mother is trying to handle her own grief but also try to be there for her daughter to help her through her mourning journey which is touching and it's beautiful and it's sad and it's all it's a whole lot of emotions but honestly the acting between the two is fantastic like as much as I didn't want to like Shuri because of some of the things that the actor actress has said on Twitter and stuff like about vaccines and things like I didn't want to like her like but damn she can act <laughs> uh, of course we get introduced to um, uh, Namor or as it's pronounced Namor which I love that about the character they definitely they make him like Aztecian Hispanic or like Mexican slash Aztecian and give him like this really cool origin story of how he came to be. As it turns out, vibranium does not only exist in Wakanda, which kind of makes sense, you know. Like if a meteor, a meteor was able to crash there, how couldn't maybe a different part of it break off and crash the results? Or how maybe more vibranium meteors crashed on Earth? And so that's kind of how uh, Namor and and his uh, people get their powers and are able to live under the sea is through uh, drinking a potion that is made from the flower. I think it was made from the flower or something similar to that, that that, um, grew in vibranium rich soil. And so Wakandans, you know, get the Black Panther power. 
uh, Namor gets his power, but through the same thing, through essentially vibranium, which is kind of interesting and kind of a neat thing, and you know, kind of in a way makes sense. And both have stayed secluded up until recently, and that's a big thing, and that's a big issue here, because now that Wakanda has come forward to say, like, this is who we are, this is what we have, people want vibranium. Vibranium is a big thing, and so governments are trying to sneak into Wakanda and their facilities to try to steal vibranium. Wakanda has warned them that if this continues, because they, they have been capturing people left and right and stopping them left and right, but if this continues things will escalate like we won't be as nice and bring back your people you know as just prisoners of whatever war or this is they will be coming back in body bags well cut to a ship in the ocean finding vibranium but it's not wakandan vibranium it is um namor's i, I can't remember what his power is it, it's not atlant like i forget the name of his city it is a cool name it was like a a cool Aztecian name. Um, but, uh, so cut to them. His people murdered the living shit out of these people on the boat. And the the countries blame Wakanda for it. Well, you know, what are you going to do, right? So while Wakanda, um, it's, what is it, General Okoye, Shuri, they go off to America because, as it turns out, they have located the person who created this machine that can find vibranium. And so they're going to go find out who it is. And it turns out it's Riri Williams, who is uh, Lionheart in the comic books, which is pretty interesting and kind of cool. And I love her character. And I think it's a fun character. She's kind of quirky and kind of like doesn't take shit from people. So I enjoy I enjoyed that character a lot in the movie, even though I don't read her in the comic books. Um, while doing that, they they realize uh, oh before even that I forgot about this part. So Namor does confront uh, the Queen from Wakanda about the vibranium, and basically, and that's where I was going with that whole thing about them being excluded and stuff. Because he was like, "How dare you go to the world? How dare you tell them about?" like our secrets and stuff and at first they're kind of confused but then they realize like oh they have vibranium too and now that people know that it exists and like want it they're going to come searching for it and then like it has to do with the boat thing that happened in the facilities and so they're very namor's very upset and you learn well it's pronounced namor which he gets uh you find out in his backstory that um well, if you speak any kind of Spanish, I think amor is uh, like love. And they call him namor, is one without love, is like the nickname that he's given. And so I think his name was like Taluku Khan, is his real name. And they say, or, and like in the trailer, but my enemies call me namor. <laughs> but it was great, man. I loved his character. I loved his intensity that he brings to the the scenes and some of the humor that he has because i mean namor in the comics is a dick and this guy while funny is also a dick and so i really like it and i i really liked his designs i love the imagery of like the aztec and uh like jewelry and headpieces and things like that and because it's 
part of my heritage, man. I, I, I'm of Mexican and Native American descent. And so it was really cool to get to see not exactly me, but my heritage on the screen. And I think that's the one thing that Black Panther has done amazingly well um, is showcase not only great stories and great acting, but a great way to showcase communities and heritage and they were doing great with like African heritage and communities and stuff. And now they're showing us Hispanic culture and Aztecan and like Omayan and and and, uh, and like native. I say Native American, but like that side of things, which is really cool and really awesome to see and see that play out on a movie. Um, of course, you know where this is gonna go. There, the Namor's after Riri Williams because she built this device, and so he wants to kill her so that she doesn't build one again. Wakandans want to save her so that way they, you know, she doesn't die. But they also want to be like, hey, can't build this again, all right? Because it's kind of a thing, and we don't want other people having this thing because, you know, we trust ourselves with this, but can we really trust? other nations with this, you know, nations who like to have wars where Wakanda just likes, you know, to chill and be cool and have peace and other countries, you know, drop nukes on people. It's like, do they, do they really need vibranium? The answer's probably not. <laughs> so things get crazy, get epic. Um, the government, the like U S government's involved somehow because I guess they're trying to figure things out as well. But I thought that was like a loose storyline and really the weaker part of everything that was happening compared to what was going on between Wakanda and Namor and his crew. Um, eventually, um, Namor does attack Wakanda, which is really awesome. Sad things happen. And Shuri is now left alone. It's just her, um, Riri and like the Okoye and I forget what's the other. Oh God. It was T'Challa's girlfriend or whatever. What is her name? Nakia or Nakita. One of those two. Anyway. So you have this great battle between them and things are getting pretty crazy and, I'm really doing a disservice by describing this movie, but I'll just kind of cut to the big things that really meant a lot to me in this movie, and then we'll get out of here. So, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Shuri is the next Black Panther, and she has been trying to create a synthetic flower because if you remember, at and during the first Black Panther movie, Killmonger destroyed all of the... Um, Black Panther flowers or whatever they were called, the heart flowers or something. And so Shuri's been trying to make a synthetic one. Well, she was given a gift from the Moor when she went to go visit their place and came back with cloth that had vibranium fibers in it. Using that, which is kind of interesting because I was pretty sure they had vibranium everywhere in Wakanda, she was able to create a synthetic heart and replicate it and get the powers of Black Panther now. And when you do get the powers, if you remember from Black Panther, you go into the 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 world of the dead, the netherworld, whatever you want to call it, and you get guidance or whatever. And so I was very curious at this point of who she was going to see. 
was she going to see her father? Would it be her? Well, it wouldn't be her mother because I think you had to be a past Black Panther to have seen this. And this is where I almost kind of thought we were going to get a CGI version of Chadwick Boseman, of T'Challa, giving her advice or something like that. I was very concerned that this was going to happen. I was, I was kind of thinking... I hope they don't do this. It'd probably just be the father, which would be interesting to see. But they did one even better. Something I was not expecting, but made complete sense when it happened. She saw Killmonger and Michael B. Jordan and all his glory bumpiness uh, was for display for everyone. And it was such an interesting thing because, of course, she's angry. She's angry that it's him and it's not her brother. She's angry because she, she doesn't believe that she's like Killmonger, even though Killmonger says that they're more alike than she thinks. And it does make sense because she's holding on to a lot of anger. She's holding on to a lot of hate and a lot of pain, and much like Killmonger is, and very much like Killmonger was. And so it was really interesting and it was really neat to see this dynamic of these two and see Shuri at first pull away from it and then later in the movie accept it and understand it and use it to help her win and so that was such a powerful moment in the movie that I was not expecting it made a huge impact on me and was a very pivotal part for this character in a way that I didn't expect it to be because I was curious how Sherry was going to be Black Panther, not like be Black Panther, but how she was going to like what type of Black Panther she was going to become. And it seemed like she was definitely going a very killmonger route and a very terrible route and, and a vengeful route. And luckily she pulls back from it like she she understands Killmonger's words and his feelings and how he or why he was the way that he was but she's able to bring enough of her brother and his version of Black Panther and like his ideals as Black Panther into play so it's like she's this amalgamation of both of these Black Panthers into one one that it can be compassionate and merciful but is also not afraid to do what must be done even if it hurts and so it was very cool and very interesting to see this there's an awesome final battle between uh namor and shuri and it looked and like the way that they figure out how to defeat him is kind of cool and kind of interesting and things play out uh where of course shuri's gonna win she has to win but um, Namor doesn't necessarily lose, so to speak. And so he goes back, tail between his legs, but with the newfound understanding that Wakanda is an ally and has to be an ally moving forward because now Wakanda understands how strong uh, Namor and his people are and the importance that Vibranium is between the two and and stuff so whether or not this is good or bad going into the future it is still very interesting because namor is very much still not really a hero in this like i mean he is a hero to his people he's a god to his people 
but he's not a necessarily a good guy. He he does what must be done to protect his people, but he's got a lot of rage in him too. So it's very interesting to see that. I, I, I God, I'm just so excited. Like this movie was just awesome, man. And I, I I hate that I cannot do it justice, the justice that it deserves. I just I don't. Man, I would have to like write notes down and really look at it and stuff. But God, man, I just love this movie. It, it's so fun visually. You get to explore Wakanda. You get to explore uh, Namor's world. You get to just explore these characters where they're not just big CGI punch fights, but there are big CGI punch fights. Let's not get that wrong. And then you introduce, oh, this was my favorite because uh, the first Black Panther run I ever read was with uh, Tanishi Coates. I think that's how you say his name. And in his version of Black Panther, uh, I don't know if they were a thing before, but I was introduced to the Midnight Angels in this, and that was like these new suits, almost Iron Man-like in a way, but with a Wakandan twist that are given to uh, two like prolific uh, warriors. I think it was like Okoye and someone else, uh, uh, her lover, I think, in the comic books. I don't know their character arc. I don't think they're like that in the movies, but... Um, they become the Midnight Angels, which I thought was a badass uh, thing uh, in the comic books. And getting to see those play out here in the movie was freaking dope. Getting to see Lionheart in the movie was freaking dope because she is very much Iron Man-like. And so getting to see that was really awesome and really cool. And so I'm I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm really excited to see where the, like this takes these characters because it doesn't necessarily tie in greatly to what's going on and i mean that's what some people have hated about phase four of the movies is we're not getting those super tie-ins like we have been with other movies or like other phases but i've loved the things that they've built minus the eternals uh in this phase and i'm excited to see what they do do or what they do decide <laughs> do do what they do decide to uh intertwine going forward with the marvel universe and so we'll have to see man but overall black panther gets a huge a plus from me two thumbs up way up 10 out of 10 like it was fantastic i cried during it there's an end scene that completely broke me because i was not ready for it it was just a great movie and you gotta go see it and if you if you must wait for it to come on disney plus and watch it that way but man if you can get into theaters please get in theaters to watch this movie because it is that fan fucking tastic Anyway, that's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for paying attention to the podcast. We've went super long today. We went almost 45 minutes. I apologize for that, but man, I was just excited to talk about Black Panther for a little bit. So hopefully you guys were excited to listen to Black Panther for a little bit. Sorry for the late episode. I've been just pretty busy this week. Um, it's my son's birthday party this weekend, and we are doing an Animal Crossing theme birthday, and that involved setting, getting, building our own little decorations and stuff. We found some red ribbons, some balloons, and some white boxes to make like the little floating box present, like balloon presents that are on Animal Crossing maps for those of you who play Animal Crossing. And we built a giant, uh, we built Joy-Cons and we got a cool like 
Animal Crossing background. So we're making like a giant Nintendo Switch that people can take pictures in front of, which we thought would be really cool. And we got a whole bunch of different decorations. I'll try to take some pictures if I can. Um, I have to... Unfortunately, I have to work that day on my son's birthday, and that sucks hardcore, but hopefully things are left out and we can take some pictures and have some fun with it. So that's what I'm most excited for uh, coming into the weekend, even though I have to work. But um, Casey is a boss hoss applesauce, so she's going to be working out her ass to get this party done, and hopefully it goes without a hitch. But that's it, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, next week. Uh, Rifi out.